Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. What up, ladies and gentlemen? Hernan Cias here, host of the Business Bros podcast, where we're helping you take control of your branding, your marketing via podcasting so you can so you can create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow. On today's show, it's kind of a special one. We need your help. Anything you can do as far as resources, time, donations, whatever it is, uh, it's all about the kids is what we're talking about here. There are a bunch of needy families in San Diego. We're going through a major crisis, um, and some of us are hurt, are hit worse than others. Um, so today I'm bringing back on Angela uh, from It's All About the Kids to tell us a little bit about firsthand what she's experiencing out there. And if you guys have any abilities to donate anything to help this organization, uh, reach out in the DMs. Um, I'm going to try to monitor them uh, as much as I can in dual mode, and uh, I'm going to have actually James, who's going to be on here in a second, um, monitor the Facebook feed so that way we can get you guys uh, answers, questions, and and, uh, any donations that you can possibly do. So without further ado, Angela, welcome back. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. And so quickly, when I reached out and said, can I come on your show? Yeah, yeah. I totally missed the intro. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? I know. I wanted to get this thing off and rolling as fast as possible so we can get as many people. So do me a favor, the the Facebook feed and see if we can get uh, tag as many people as possible. And let's see if we can get some donations going, some little bit of help. uh, That That is what I shall do. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yes, welcome back, Angela. It's such a pleasure to see you and talk to you again. Uh, And anybody that is out there listening, this is all about the kids. So once again, donations are welcome. Huge shout out. Big thank you to our friends over at Invictus Advisors. I don't know if you already mentioned it, but I'm going to say it again because uh, their hearts are huge. They will uh, match more donations up to $500 uh, here today. So any help that we can get for It's All About the Kids, send it all over. And uh, we want to help everybody out here in San Diego. That's right. All right, Angela. All right, I'm going to sh- sh- uh, hop on and, the Facebook. Hop on the Facebook. <laughs> All right, Angela, tell me a little bit about, uh, about what you're experiencing. I mean, uh, you've, you've always been out there helping families, but you were telling me just a little, a little while ago, you've had a huge influx. Yeah, it's been crazy. Um, we knew, um, you know, when we f- first started the food pantry, it was a growth that's been pretty constant. We would get about 20 to 30 new families a week. Um, so we got the, f- the first week of the shutdown, basically, the first week of March, um, we had 130 new families that week. The second week, we had another 100. But then of the regular families that were coming, we had extra, like another 150 each of them. So we were where you guys came and saw us on Christmas, which everybody needs to know. 
how amazing you two are because you brought us all those fantastic shoes that we gave out to our families at our holiday party and you guys helped with giving out toys and setting up the event and doing everything. So you guys get a huge shout out for that. Um, but at that party, you know, it seemed really a lot. We did a 410 families that one night, that one afternoon. I mean, well, we're doing over 750 each week now. Um, so imagine, you know, almost double of what we did when you guys were there. So this, the, the biggest challenge was having to convert from choice where the families come in and choose each one of the foods that they want um, to a drive-through and a walk-up. And we did that in three days. So let me, let me shed a little bit of light because a lot of your processes, a lot of what you guys did, you already had a system in place before people would come in, you know, they'd grab their, they'd try get their tickets, they'd walk around, they'd grab their products, they'd walk out. Um, and so they were pretty much doing it on their own. Your yeah. system completely changed. And I know my mom told me uh, they had shut down her food bank, but then they asked her to reopen because the need of, uh, of the public. And she was saying even the pickup orders have been different. The way the, the food comes in, um, as far as for her anyways, she would take her truck to go pick up the, the food, but they wouldn't let the trucks into a certain point. They would only deliver to the trucks. And so like everything from bagging these things to putting them in, in a position where you can deliver, all that has changed. So on top of feeding more families, how you're feeding more families and the, and the volunteer hands has changed. Absolutely. And now we have to buy bags and we have the labor intensive of packing 3000 bags every week. That's a lot of bags to pack. So we're, because we can't take their bags from them and pack that bag, we have to actually pack it. And most of, um, I would say over uh, between five to 600 cars come through the drive-through in four hours. So imagine in and out burger, Mm -hmm. Okay. On a, on a Friday night at six 30, you know, for four hours straight. So, um, we have to buy gloves. Uh, we have masks being sewn for us from all over San Diego, which been, which has been amazing. Um, but the, the most difficult part has been uh, to get all the volunteers, uh, because it takes, we're, we need about 40 volunteers and where before we needed 20, mm -hmm. um, because we need them throughout the day because we have a constant, we need people hopping in the, in, in the parking lot, directing traffic, uh, checking in our bilingual. We go from, instead of two clerks, now we have to have four clerks because now we have two check-in places instead of one. Um, but then just the packing of the bags has been super difficult, but our expenses went up. We had to hire a security guard uh, because we have to have traffic um, and we need a presence of security there because we're now, instead of having 400 families, now you're talking maybe three people, each family come, but there's actually sometimes up to eight people in the family that are eating the food. You know, we're dealing with thousands of people um, in just a short amount of time. With yeah. limited resources. So once you get towards yeah. the end, it starts to get, it's like anything else. The panic kind of ensues. Uh, we, we go to the store and you run out of toilet paper and all of a sudden you're wondering if you even have enough, you know, things like toilet paper. Well, when it comes to families that don't have very much, you're not talking about toilet paper, you're talking about empty shelves in their kitchens. Yeah, and they didn't have the extra money that we have the luxury to have to go buy two weeks of extra food. For the people that hoarded it out there, these folks don't have the money to do that. They can't throw it on a credit card. Um, I've had lots and lots of tears and tears in the last two weeks of families that I've grown close with that um, one lady is a supervisor of the, the housekeeping at one of the big hotels, and they let her go because she was the most expensive on the payroll, of course. Mm -hmm. And so she 
work, you know, work for them for 20 years and doesn't know how she's going to feed her family uh, because she was the breadwinner in the family. She's a single mom with three kids and doesn't know what she's going to do. And she was crying because she was so happy that we were still staying open. Um, Food Bank asked us to stay open. Feeding San Diego asked to stay open. Um, I did get a call from uh, the mayor's office and two city council uh, persons, uh, council members office, but it wasn't to offer help. Sorry, I got to throw some shade here. Uh, it was to confirm our hours so they could send more people our way, but mm-hmm. without more resources. So I got a little snippy on the last call and said, I would appreciate if you call me in the future, you guys are going to offer help, not offer to send more people our way so that you can post on your website and we can, it could be just overwhelming for us, but not give us more resources. So we have applied for that San Diego uh, COVID Community Response Fund grant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Shout out to the San Diego Foundation. Please choose us. We need it uh, because you know we we had planned on having fundraisers. That's that's the bulk of how we raise money. We have big parties. Uh, we can't do that anymore. That's a big chunk. That's fifty thousand dollars. Boom, right out of our budget. Um, and we were also only planning on. Uh, our regular growth, not 50% in one week. Mm-hmm. And then if that grows exponentially, because it's not going to stop here, you know, maybe as of April 30th, they're going to lift the uh, social distancing or whatever. But after that, we're going to have the economic impact on our families that are not going to have jobs to go back to, even though they were maybe furloughed or laid off temporarily. Yeah. Some of those um, businesses won't exist. Yeah. They're not going to exist at all. Um, or they will exist and they're going to exist with just the staff that they had and the ones that laid off are going to stay laid off or they're going, you know, everyone's going to be on unemployment, which, you know, is a check, but it's not anywhere near what you can live on. Yeah. It's very difficult at that point to, to survive. Um, you got to make any types of cuts, accommodations. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know we've seen a lot of things like banks, uh, putting, you know, deferring their, their mortgage payments. Um, but on the one hand, that's one side. There's these people that we're talking about here are paying rent and that's different. Yeah. That, you know, rent, it's still going to be a difficult thing to do too. Well, see the thing about, I, I totally get the home mortgages. That's great. Cause you're going to tack it onto the end of your mortgage. That's yeah. not going to be tacked on in two months and you got to pay it in two months. Right. But if your rent is, if you don't, if you're not able to pay it this month, as soon as they lift that moratorium or whatever minute, you got to pay it right away. So if you get behind two months, we're talking about what, two grand yeah. a month. It, it, now you're at six grand because you owe for the third month. Mm-hmm. Nobody's got six grand because you didn't have the two month, $2,000 to begin with. Yeah. You're definitely not going to have the six grand. So these are going to be cascading events. <laughs> I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to really impact a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. So um, I, the other day I had a couple on that uh, did something pretty creatively. And so I wanted to share it again with anybody who's listening. Um, so they're the owners of Peanut Butter uh, Whiskey. And, oh, yeah. uh, and they, they, what they did was they reallocated their, their marketing budget and they were donating to uh, different organizations within the restaurant industry because that's the industry that they're in. Um, so, you know, but I thought it was really awesome that they're, that they, instead of, you know, cutting all those funds back, they're reallocating to something that, that is a need within their industry. And, you know, this is where for those companies that are still around, that are still open, that are still, you know, productive, that are benefiting from, from where we're at. If you guys could 
take some of those marketing budgets and turn around and do some good cause, I can promise you that when you when you act like that, you get the publicity that you're looking for, the the advertising that you're looking for. You're just doing it in a different way. And there's organizations like yours that could totally benefit. Uh, and, and a lot of these people, they're going to see you know, the people, they're going to know the people that have helped. They're going to know the companies that have come to their aid, uh, and, and been, and, and are there when they needed it the most. And, and when they get back on their feet, cause these people are hardworking people, they're going to get back on their feet. It's just going to take them a little bit longer than other people. So when they get back on their feet, you're going to have that feeling of, I like this company. I know what this company did for me. I know what these people did for me. And, and it's, it's good karma. It's good public relations. You're doing a good thing. It's one of those times where like, this is where, this is where you need to shine. This is where you need to step up. And, and it's also about brand loyalty. So I went to a conference last year all about cause marketing and it does. Um, like we have cause marketing with several of our sponsors, for example, um, the PB fish shop and the fish shop families, they have mm -hmm. a taco named after us. So that people love that because they love that when they buy that taco, they're going to do a meal, donate a meal to our kids that builds loyalty. Because if you're going to make a choice of where you're going to buy, where you're going to spend your money, um, they say, they say that over 75% of all people now buy based on the fact that that product is giving to charity. So now is the time to position yourself with now, what are you doing? How are you going outside the box? Cause look at all those, the, the, um, the distilleries that are now making hand sanitizer, mm -hmm. uh, the clothing companies that are making masks, all the things that are being able to convert it to help this crisis is where is, is going to be the companies that are going to be remembered. Okay. Absolutely. And we need help. I mean, we provide a meal for 50 cents or less. So uh, the more money we raise, uh, the more families we can help. Right now we have a waiting list. Um, I, it goes against my grain to have a waiting list, but I can't make promises. I can't keep and if we don't have volunteers and we don't have the monetary means to keep the, the food bank our food pantry open and buy food from the food bank and have uh, bags and security and all that we won't be able to stay open and we won't be we won't be able to feed anyone so so if people are thinking about what they can donate um, as individuals what they can do um, maybe they're not huge organizations but they're they're okay themselves what kinds of things are we looking for as far as contributions? Well, there's different things that people can do. One of the, the best things that you can do is go to our Facebook page. It's on, it's all about the kids um, and start a fundraiser. Um, you might not be able to donate a lot, but with your $5 and someone else's $5 and get your whole family organized and everybody's at home and everybody can donate some money, every single dollar helps. That is a, a great way to help us. Um, we also need volunteers. So if you're healthy and you're in San Diego, and you are going stir crazy in your house and you want to give back, um, you're allowed to leave your house because we're an essential business. So call your friends that you miss and they're healthy and come and volunteer for us. Talk to your bosses, see if they'll give you the afternoon off and you can get volunteer hours, for example, and come and help us. Um, we have masks, we have gloves. Um, we, of course, if you have your own, we ask you to bring them, but we have all of that. We, we um, have X's on the floor so that people uh, know where to stand when they're packing the bags. We, we practice all the CDC guidelines um, to the best of our ability, um, but yet we have a great time um, for the volunteers. We provide lunch and they also get to take food home. So lots of our volunteers right now are bar and restaurant people. 
Um, also fitness people, because it is a really great workout to be loading 40 pounds worth of bags into someone's trunk. Um, because we say pop the trunk and they pop it or we put it in the back seat and we load. So they're like pretty tired at the end of, you know, three to four hours of loading bags and, you know, thousands of pounds of bags um, into people's cars. So that's a great way to give back. They can also contact me through the website and there's all kinds of things that I need help with the office and reaching out and, and uh, finding people to make masks if people want to sew. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to help them. They can always reach out to me. But for, for monetary, I think making a Facebook page or just going to our, our website. So understand that for every dollar you're donating, you are providing two meals. So, so it totally, important. totally helps. Yeah, man. Um, tell me a little bit about this last, uh, this last food drive. Um, you know, as people are pulling in, um, what are they, what are you, what are you hearing from them? What are some stories that, that are kind of breaking your heart or, or motivating you to, you know, to keep going? I mean, you have this tremendous heart already and you've been doing this for a long time, but in times of crisis, this is where the stress levels get a little bit higher. This is where you need to be a little more creative. This is where you really, where, I mean, you are one of the essential people because you've been helping already at this point, but there are new people who are coming to you that have never been in a situation like this before. Um, so tell me a little bit about what, what you're seeing out there on the front lines. Well, a, a lot of, um, a lot of people are, are afraid. They're really nervous. Um, when we, when they come into the driveway with the cars, they're kind of puzzled because people, People are used to the same thing every week and they're so used to pulling in and parking and walking in. So suddenly we're directing them through. So I kind of make jokes um, and that I tell them that it's the drive-through um, at Rigoberto's. And so I ask them in Spanish what kind of tortillas they want. <laughs> and we make jokes about it and they make jokes because we try to liven it up because they've been waiting sometimes 15 minutes out in the line of cars that it goes all the way down Market Street. Um, and around the corners and it's just craziness out on the street, but it's, they have to wait at least 15 minutes. Um, so we kind of make jokes and then like the line breaks into two. So it reminds me of the border when you come back from <laughs> TJ. So we make, I make jokes with them again and I tell them it's like TJ and then I say, churros, churros. And we make jokes, you know, because they're waiting and I want to make them at ease that we've always done that at, at our food pantry. We've always treated our our, everyone that comes there, the volunteers, the, the donors, but especially our families, like their families, like mm -hmm. they're our family, so that um, they would want to come back and they would want to bring their children and it would be a place that they um, would find a happy place instead of having more sadness in their lives. So it's, I try to liven it up, but also with our volunteers because, you know, they're really nervous too. And they're now around people that they don't know. Um, and so we, you know, that's why, um, we just try to make sure everybody, we have the CDC guidelines posted inside. We make sure that every volunteer that signs in has read those, they're abiding by those. Um, and at the same time, uh, we're treating everybody as if they're family instead of the social distancing that kind of makes people be afraid to be near someone. It's, it's funny how that works. You know, um, uh, earlier today, um, I, I went out, uh, I had to get my car smogged cause I, apparently I missed the deadline and it was late. Uh, so, but anyways, I, as I'm driving around and I see people walking around with masks and gloves and it, in, you know, they're just trying to protect themselves, but it brings this feeling of paranoia. Like all of a sudden that person that you're walking next to 
may not be infected, but because they're wearing gloves and they're wearing masks, you think like in, in my mind anyways, I'm like, I can't be around that person. I gotta, I gotta keep myself away. When I was with you guys, when we were hanging out and, and helping out during the Christmas time, um, there is so much laughter in that room and, and, and people are smiling and, and they're having a good time and the music's playing and people are grabbing food and everybody's saying thank you. Like it's a 100% completely different dynamic than the scariness that's out and about right now. And yet I'm wondering, like, I know you guys have the energy, but you also have to be safe and, and cover yourselves. How, what, what kind of feeling are you getting from, from your people? You're trying to be positive. Are you, are you kind of getting that same uh, feeling from, the, from, from people who are coming around or is it more fear? I think it's a mix. I think it's both. Um, I think it kind of depended on how the person was before this started. Hmm. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think if someone was, was more of a, of a kind of a worry war before or a person that was super concerned, they're going to be more concerned. I think that, um, for a lot of our families, they're just trying to get day to day. They're just trying to figure out how they're going to pay their bills and how they're going to feed their families and how they're going to deal with the kids not in school and, 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 and childcare and everything else that this is just one more thing. And, there's a lot of mixed information that's out there. Mm. So I kind of think a lot of families don't quite know what to believe. And then like a lot of our families don't watch television. Um, they're not, they don't get their news from Facebook. They get their news from their families and stuff because they're just busy and that's not what they do or they're watching Mexican television. So they don't understand. And we have to explain to them why there's that X on the floor. Mm. Like the first time, if you ever went to the grocery store and you saw that, and you're like, what's that on the floor? And then you realize, Oh my God. It's militaristic, stand right? On that. This is a bad, bad movie. Yeah. I have to stand on that and then take two steps forward and then someone will tell you, you need to step forward. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, don't come near me. But I think what's really scary is I was loading things. I was getting some things out of the trunk in my front yard and the two neighbors were walking on the sidewalk towards me. And as soon as they saw me on the cart, they crossed the street and went on the other side. Hmm. That See, makes me want to cry. Yeah, because we're, you know, social distancing in its core is kind of social eliminating. We're not able to, humans need and crave the attention of other humans. Like we need that in our lives. Thank God that we got things like Zoom where we can at least communicate here, right? And have conversations with each other. Because otherwise, I, I, I 100%, I feel bad. You know, those kids, that might be the only trip right now that they're having. They're not in school. They're, they can't go out to the, you know, the parks are closed. They shouldn't be out and about. Like there's only so much time that one can be enclosed in their house for a while. Like my kids go stir crazy. So, you know. Th and they don't the have backyards. Yeah. Okay. A lot of they them are, are stuck in. Yeah. They or, have cement. Or, they have driveways. If that. If that. Okay. And they can't play on the street because, you know, you can't play on the street. So, you know, I mean, the, the, the greatest place for our kids was the park you know, or school. Uh, the 66 program was amazing because he had all these special programs after school. And it's great. I know that the internet has lots of things and I'm, I'm really hoping that our families are utilizing that. Um, I think that you gave, you gave me a great idea right now. I think we're really going to start, I think I'll share some educational tools and some, maybe some things that they, they can have for their kids. But a lot of our families don't have computers, you know, they're like, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it just isn't part of their, of, of their world. You know, it's, the it's, phone is, but not a lot of them even know how to use the phone. So, um, 
it's just a really difficult time for our kids. Oh, and I have to tell you, by the way, um, the last time I saw you, um, I think I gave you some statistics that um, the kids that were from our program attended 11 schools in San Diego. Remember I said 11? Mm -hmm. Well, now they attend over 45. And we have kids that live in over 25 zip codes in San Diego. So we are representative all over. I mean, like every county, every, I mean, like we're all over San Diego County. Every city, um, there's a kid that comes and gets food from us when their parents come and pick up food. So our program has exploded that way, not just in just Barrio Logan area. Yeah, and now more so because you got city council people saying this is where you need to go to go get supplies. Oh, I told them don't. I said, please don't. I can't. I wish. I mean, my dream in life would be to be on your show in a couple of years and tell you that we only had 25 families come because everybody didn't need food. Yeah. That would be the joy of my life, you know, to tell you I was bored and I needed something else to do. But that's not going to happen anytime soon because we're going to, I just know that as soon as we get past the 800 a week mark and we get towards the 1,000 a week, not 1,000 at least once during the month, uh, which is so much higher, um, it's going to sustain there. Like I said earlier, it's going to mm -hmm. sustain. It's not going anywhere. If anything, we're going to have more homeless families. Which is worse, which is definitely worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's... Um, it's frightening. So, yeah. um, but right now, all I can worry about is getting through April and keeping my drive-through going and, um, and trying to set the families and, and hoping that the families still come out to get the food. That's the other thing. We don't want them to be so frightened that, uh, of what's going on with the cases that they don't come get the food either. Mm -hmm. um, you're still, and, and just so people know, this is weekly. This is not once a month. When you said you, know, you got to get through April, you're talking about this is four weeks in April that are coming up for every Thursday that you're out there, you know, doing this every single week. When you're talking about the increase in families, this is per week. This is not once a month. This is a consistent thing. You know, I know I had to go to the grocery store at least once a week. These people, same type of thing. You know, they have kids that are growing up. I don't know if, you know, not everybody has kids, but my, I know my uh, 10 and 11 year old, they don't stop eating. Like they, they eat all the time. They're, those kids are growing kids. They're hungry all the time. Uh, so, so, you know, we as adults, I mean, we, we can, you know, skip and, and, you know, it would not be as good, but you have also families that, you know, you have diabetes, you have other things that are going on in their, in their life. They need to have these meals on a regular basis. Well, and because when everybody ran out to the stores and hoarded everything, they also bought a lot of the WIC food. That's why that big fundraiser, I mean, that big uh, Facebook post is going around asking people right now, don't go to the grocery store for a couple of days. Don't buy all the cheese and the things that says WIC. Because when the families did go out and buy, they didn't have any WIC pro products available and they can't buy anything but WIC products on WIC. Um, just so you know, I worked for WIC a long time ago um, when I got out of college. And that's where I learned and worked for USDA at the same time and learned how to run a food program. Um, but with WIC, it's very specific. And WIC is Women's Infants and Children, and it is a food program for pregnant women and for children up to the age of five. So it supplements their diet with uh, giving them cheese, beans, juice, milk, uh, baby formula if, if the woman is not breastfeeding, extra food for her if she is breastfeeding, cereal, etc., um, to help uh, at-risk 
children and needy children at the most important time, which is birth to five. Um, and they are going to the store and there's nothing for them because mm. everybody hoarded. You yeah, know, we, we're having a hard time finding gloves. If anybody has plastic, um, let's see, non-latex vinyl gloves, the food handlers kind or whatever, we need gloves because our shipment didn't come in. Um, it's now another two weeks. Uh, a donor fell through that was going to have 10 boxes for us. Um, and then people are going out and they only need one pair, but they buy a box of 100. So, the, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's just crazy. It's craziness. Food handler gloves. Yeah, okay. food handler gloves. But I'll post some other things up. I'm going to um, continue asking for help. Um, we also are every Thursday always need food for our volunteers. That's another thing. So if anybody um, has a restaurant that they are staying open and doing to go and delivering and all of that, and you want to make some extra pizzas or make some extra sandwiches for our volunteers, we would love it because we really got to make sure that they get fed because they work really super hard. And the, the core of our volunteers are our families that, um, they spend their time there giving before they, yeah, like one of our, um, one of our our lead volunteer, she can't come because she um, has health issues. But during the regular weeks, her grandkids who live with her come right after school. Well, since school's been out, they've been coming for the whole days. And since she can't come, they're still coming. So they help me with check-in because they're bilingual and they're smart. And we taught them how to use everything on our tablets, on our app, and they're fantastic. So I'm super grateful for our families that are still coming out and helping us. Um, because they're our, they're our core. Um, we can't do it without um, this core group of volunteers. And then, of course, these great volunteers are coming from the restaurants, you know, and different families and people bringing their kids. And it's been great. But every week we need more. Absolutely. You know? Well, uh, one more time, Angela, tell us, you know, where, where they can go, what they can do. I know we already said it, but I want to say it one more time to, to get you any resources that we need. Um, go to our website. It's all about the kids.org on the website. You'll see information about the food pantry, but also the volunteer and the donate. Those are the two most important things we need are donations and also people to volunteer. If you want to start a Facebook fundraiser for us, we would love it. You just go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash it's all about the kids. And you'll see right on there. It says start a fundraiser for us and, um, and spread the word and try to raise some money for us for every dollar you're providing two meals and you're we're, we just want to make sure San Diego kids aren't going to bed hungry during this they need their strength everybody needs to stay well um and i'm super grateful for you guys for helping me spread the word and for helping at, at, during the holidays and you guys are stuck with us forever now it's okay so. <laughs> you're one of our show sponsors <laughs> we're just super grateful um because this is a community effort everybody you know it says we're going to make this through together absolutely so um however anybody can help when they're just sitting there and they're bored i don't want to see any more posts on facebook that people are bored and want to know what you know new show they should watch this is the time to be you can help from your couch you know, do something online that's fun and, and helpful. So, you know, please reach out. They can reach out to me. I'll give them plenty of things to help with. And um, we're just super grateful. Yeah, absolutely. Ladies and gents, again, anything you could do, we all have a network of people, each and every one of us. So if we were to just go to the Facebook page, create a donation tab and and reach out, even if you even if you only raise $5, $10, whatever it is, believe us, it adds up. Every little bit is helpful. 
um, and and you are literally helping families survive this crisis. Like it's you don't you ever see those things on TV where you see those starving kids, you see the starving families. We're hitting into some times like that where you're gonna have families that here are locally in San Diego going through tough times. So anything you guys can do. Um, please reach out, start, uh, go to the Facebook page, go to the website, reach out to Angela and, uh, let's, you know, together we can get this moving in a positive direction. Thank you so much again for having me. Of course. Of course. Yes. Wednesday afternoon. Happy hours. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies and gents, have a good one. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. We're out. Thank you for listening to the business bros podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.